This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that would very much like to see Chelsea score a goal. All the buzz with the new signing dissipated from Stamford Bridge on Friday night like air disappearing from a balloon. It wasn't that Chelsea played particularly badly. Silver and Badia Shiel are forging a rock-solid partnership. Enzo Fernandez looks every inch a World Cup winning midfielder. Reese James made a rusty but much welcome return and Ben Chilwell too. Conor Gallagher brought much-needed energy and forward motion to the team, and Kemper made one or two excellent saves. But at times, it looked exactly what it was, a collection of individual players who had not got used to playing together. Hardly surprising, really, given uh, that Chelsea have given a debut to six players in as many matches. Fulham, on the other hand, look a team, not especially talented, but well-drilled and organised, and prepared to chase and harry and work for each other. The result polished off by some woeful finishing, nothing new there, was rather disappointing. It's not that we don't understand what's going on or have enough patience. Going to the football is and has always been about the hope that you see a goal. When the ball hits the back of the net, it provokes a primal and emotional reaction. You hug and kiss the bloke next to you, you jump in the air, you scream and shout and then chant in an almost meditative post-coital state. It's a wonderful release. It's why we go. It's why football is the greatest game in the world. It's why we all hate VAR with its prophylactic properties. But at Stamford Bridge this season, Chelsea goals have been like rocking horse shit. 19 in 13 games and failing to score in 10 out of the 29 games played this season, four of them at home. Patience while the plan comes together, I can live with. But for fuck's sake... Give us a goal! And the title of tonight's show, appropriately considering my little vent, is All we are saying is give us a goal. Chelsea (laughs) Fancast number 960. Good evening, JK. May I say, Chidge, that that was a fantastic metaphor. I I will now reevaluate my going to the games. I hadn't realised that it was so sexual. (laughs) <laughs> everything is sexual jk everything oh, yeah. is sexual you're absolutely right but in particular i didn't realize that watching football was so sexual but you are right you know back of the net yeah there's an orgasmic quality to it, it all right great release i love it i hadn't actually appreciated and anybody listening to um all we are saying give us a goal of course it is a reference to 
John and Yoko, all we are saying is give peace a chance. But that used to be chant on the terraces. Do we hear that now? No. Why not? I don't know. It's because it would be lovely to have that kind of chant back. I think we should have a retrospective chanting area. I think we should try and get them there. People should come together. There should be na 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 na, hey, 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 Chelsea from the uh, Steam, which was then it was a re-released by um, uh, um, the the four girls, wasn't it? Banana Rama, three girls. But it was originally um, Steam, na 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 na, hey, hey, kiss him goodbye. Mm. All used to love singing that one. We should have, ooh, it's a corner just for me, because nobody remembers that one. Uh, They should have the very, very old one. Uh, Set them alight, set them alight. We're the ones to set them alight. Chelsea. Should have that one, uh, but there should Molly be Malone. Yeah, Molly. Yeah, hey, we don't hear that one enough. Absolutely. What about what about score, score, score? When you <laughs> get one, you'll get more. We'll sing you assembly when we get to Wembley. So come on, you Chelsea and score, <laughs> score, score, score. Well, yes, I love that one as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we should do it. We should, we should, we should create it. I tell you what, tell you what. Next time you invite me to your salubrious uh, environment <laughs> in uh, Stamford Bridge. We'll, we'll both... start together, Chief. No, no, well, but better than that, we'll both dress up in 30s-type clobber. With rattles. And we'll do the, do a routine and probably get barred. Yeah, we'll do a routine and they'll be asked to sit down and leave within five minutes. And I can the... say it's either, the, it's either the music hall routine or I say the C word every five minutes. Take yes, your choice. Well, you won't be allowed to say that, so it'll be every two minutes before you, your collar, excuse me, your collar was felt. Yes. That's... <laughs> Anyway, it's lovely to see you on the show. Thank you. Who, who is our guest tonight? Oh, actually, do you know what? We should. I should stop oh. calling them guests. They're not guests. They're regulars on the bloody show. Who's our regular on the bloody show tonight? Who's our regular expert? Yes. Who's our regular knowledge. Who's our regular personality who contributes so much to the show? And unfortunately, he couldn't come. But instead, no, that's not. <laughs> That's not fair. That's not fair. Uh, You know, by that laugh, it is, of course, it is, of course, um, uh, the great man himself. It is, of course, Tony Glover. Good evening. It's an absolute pleasure and a joy to be here because I think I might have a fair bit to say tonight. Um, And you are allowed, Tony. You are allowed. You are. I am. Get in there, my son. I I don't know the history behind this, um, this email and the need to defend you, J.K., so I think I, I think I need to set myself up as the new bad guy. Yeah, no, okay. you're going to rant and deflect, and deflect some of it away from you. Yeah, I feel very protective towards you, J.K. Thank you very much. We all I do, love actually. I, I mean, love it. I love yeah. it. The more, the more the better. When I used to play Sunday football, I used to buzz around the midfield, and uh, all the defence would, after I'd had my usual uh, um, scuffle with somebody who accused me of being of a. Uh, um, how can I put it without offending offending people? A posh puff was the word. I would say, yeah, and guess who's going to be up your ass tonight? I would say, we're not allowed to say this, are we? We're in the, in the no, but it, it's retrospective, J.K. It was retrospective. Historical. Yeah, they go, they go, you fucking what? And I'd say, come on, come on. You and love it up there, you know what? Love it. Come on, you know you love it. You love it. And this bloke, the bloke would normally swing a punch at me. And I'd go, uh-oh, not a good idea. Here comes the ref. And the referee would come along. I kid you not, I really used to behave like this. And the ref would come along and he'd go, you know, get off. You know, I think he swung a punch. Off you go, bye-bye. And then our two centre-halves and the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper was a fantastic man, was, uh, was a, a dustman. 
And he kept huge, huge, huge guy come up and said, Come and sort of for whip protection, mate. No problem. Come on, come over here. Come on over here. Yeah, yeah. And the centre half, Graham Godfrey, went, Oh, God, we're going to have to walk off again. Don't worry, I've got my knife in the changing room. He, said. <laughs> he was pretending he didn't. But, uh, but there was a kind of protective stuff going on. But it was. Uh, it was, you know, Chiswick and District Sunday League Division One, Two, so it was hardly great stuff. Oh. Great, but it was, uh, you know, it was fun, and they were good lads. And I haven't seen them. And in fact, there's a guy called Andy Scott who posts on. Um, yeah. Who came to, yeah. He. I used to play with him. There we go. He's a lovely bloke, Andy. Sweet man. Very, lovely, very, very nice sweet. bloke. Very sweet. Right. Okay. What we got on the show tonight? I'm going to tell you what we've got on the show tonight. Uh, basically, it's a show of two parts, a show of two two halves, in fact. And I'll tell you for why. Uh, as you know, when we don't have a game to preview in midweek, then we, we knock out a part, as it were. Uh, and usually we have loads and loads of emails. Well, it's not that we've not had any emails this week. Actually, we've had so many emails from you that in all good conscience, there's no way I can do them in one show because it might take a long time to get through. So JK and I will, will reassemble sometime this week, hopefully, and do them some justice, okay? Because they're brilliant um, and uh, they're mainly blowing smoke up JK's arse. So I, I, I can't like not allow him to have his moment. So we'll give him his own special personal moment later this week. So that means we've only got two parts. Now, the first part, uh, I have some personal observations to make, which have nothing much to do with what happened on the pitch. You'll be amazed to know why is it I always like that. Uh, but we are going to talk about other stuff. Finishing again, uh, as I've called it, one striker short of a picnic. Uh, Tony's got some things to say about Havertz. Uh, we'll also talk about Fulham being a team and Chelsea not being a team and why that might be. Uh, we will eulogise, well, that's probably the wrong way of putting it. We will praise to the hills Enzo Fernandez because he looks good. Uh, and also, I'm, I'm going to heap some praise on uh, on our defence because I think Silva and Badia Shiel are looking rather good. In part two, uh, we'll go through the people who are infuriating us. Um, I'll leave you to guess who they might be. Uh, we welcome Reese and Chile back. Uh, we uh, think about the new signings because they impressed as well. We talk about Gallagher. Uh, and the midfield and what's happening there, Mount again, uh, but in a different context this week uh, because I discovered this wonderful person on Twitter who you probably have all followed and know and love for donkey's years, but uh, Sabrina, at Stuff uh, Sab Says, and I read it and I thought, fuck me, I haven't read anything this good for years. That yeah. I'm presuming her analysis was remarkable, but about I mean, basically the funny thing is, and I'm and I'm not being a bit pissy here. Yes, I am. Uh, I noticed on Twitter this weekend lots of people were going into the the whole Mount's exhausted and this is why line. I mean, I only did it on the show two weeks ago with my own bloody spreadsheet, didn't I, J.K. I think we've got to come to the conclusion that we are a step ahead. We are. We are. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, having said that, they've done it better than me in their thread. Sabrina was really good. Branchy did another one as well, actually, which was very fabulous. good. It was a fabulous yeah. thread. Um, really, if anybody wants to, really worth looking yeah. at. Fantastic. It is. Fantastic. It is. Um, the other thing is it kind of tallies quite nicely with a lot of other things she was saying about how long this is going to take to come together. And... Uh, you know, Bowley's plan, and she's, I think she must be in the States, but she's drawn a lot from what happened in the States. I, I was blown away by this. I was so blown away, I copied the whole fucking thing and put it in the running order so these boys could read it in case they hadn't, but uh, there you go. I did. Anyway, I am waffling. Who knew? Uh, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. <clears throat> ah! 
God. Thank you. Uh, every Monday and Friday at 7.30 p.m. New time. Uh, we've all decided that we actually quite like to eat before we go to bed. So uh, we, we therefore have put it back by half an hour so we can have some grub. Uh, anyway, you can listen live uh, by going to Mixler, Chelsea-Mancast, completely different show, Chelsea-Fancast.Mixler.com where, of course, you can join in the chat, as so many of you lovely people do. Uh, and, of course, you can follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms. And make sure you give us a loving and glowing f- five-star, stonkingly brilliant review. Or not, as the case may be. I find the one-star, you're all a bunch of wankers, ones equally amusing, I have to say. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll be back after this very short break. Um, yeah, sorry. If you don't mind, boys, I've got a few personal uh, things to get off my uh, yeah. her, her shoot chest. Uh, so I'm abandoning the team selection, um, not just because uh, I'm being humble, because we basically got it bang on, JK. We got it bang on. Our, our, collaboratively, I think. It's not all me, but we did. We, 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 yeah, we, 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 we sort of hedged our bets a bit, though, didn't we? Slightly. We did a bit. But that's only because I didn't realise a few weren't playing. But I thought we pretty much got it right. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to talk about that because I'm not going to gloat. All right. Although some people on Twitter were very nice and saying, Chidge, you boys got it bang on. Anyway, no. Oh, in fact, they actually said, Chidge, you got I, it no, right. But I'm not taking all the... You know. I know, but I, I was offended. Well, because... I, I, I was honest and didn't take all the praise, you know, because no. I, I knew it was collective effort. I wasn't really offended. And nor, was... not, nor did I be humble, so there you go. We're all, we're all quits. Um, anyway, no, a few personal observations about the match. Um, well, actually, not about the match at all. I mean, I turned up uh, relatively on time for me. About I got there about quarter past five, parked up, walked down to the stall, saw Marco, the lovely Marco, Chuckles, DJ, Tim Rolls, and uh, the usual suspect. Oh, Mark Meehan was there. Headed off to the cock. Uh, I saw the lovely Graham Harvey. I think it's not Graham Harvey, is it? But anyway, Graham, Blind Lemon Harvey. I get the two yeah. mixed up. But Graham, who's a lovely bloke, had a nice little chat with him. Saw Loza and Sam Poplet, actually, in the garden. Nobody else there. None of the usual mob. Not one. Not one. It's about half five tone. So, no, about six. And I thought, well, OK, I'll get a pint because I'm absolutely gagging for a pint. Can't have many because I've got to drive. It was five deep at the bar mm. all the way along. And I kind of sussed the situation out. And I thought, this is going to take 20 minutes. No way am I queuing up to get served for 20 minutes. So I basically I stomped off. I thought I'm going to go and find a pub where I can get served. Tommy Tucker, completely shut. Imperial, closed but not shut down. So I thought, all right, I'll go to the Rose. Went to the Rose. Good pub. We used to drink there a lot. Know a few people in there. Uh, bar was maybe one deep all the way around. Big round bar they've got there. Yeah. 15 minutes I waited there. No, no sign of getting served. Useless people behind the bar. So I stomped off again. Uh, by now it's getting on for seven o'clock, so or maybe a bit later. I don't know. I ended up just having a coffee in Costa Coffee. What a shit pre-match! Yeah. And I was gagging for a beer. What's wrong I with these pubs, mate? I didn't get. We didn't get there till close to seven o'clock because of the traffic. 
and we just got hit really we must have been just a little bit behind you but uh, we got really hit with traffic um but i saw ken barclay um and, and he said i said to him have you been to the pub he said we walked in it was five deep at the bar yeah he said so i said i'm not gonna fuck about with that like, yeah. he said, I'm so they came down and i of course i was at the store because i saw mark and um tim and paul mcavoy and kelvin barker uh jason where there was a, there was a pretty lovely crowd steve burton you know and, uh, and what have you there so i, I thought well I, I could walk down the pub but kick off at eight by the time i get there i'll, I'll just got served and then be walking back again and i was driving like you but yes um i think i think it must have been because it was a friday night chief that's, that's the only thing i think of because the last time i was in the cock and i remember I, I had the guinness ready for you when you turned up um and it was fine that afternoon wasn't it i think mm. that was the palace game. was that the palace game um can't yeah, that, it but... was. It's also because people's arrivals are much more staggered. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're absolutely right, mate. But, but I did. Yeah, I did I leave. Agree with you. It's it, 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 it's it's not the same. If you don't have a good pre-match, um, I, I'm reading that people, lots of people, go into a pub called the Goose, but I don't know that. Yeah, one. I know that. Well, I mean, I'm parking up, you know, West Ken these days, so that would be handy for me. But there's a few pubs right. down that way which are, you know, very old school and a bit salty. But I quite fancy it actually. I've mm. been in a few of them before. So I don't know, maybe a, a time for a, for a new fancast pub that we actually won't ever tell people that we're drinking in. I think that's powerful. That's a great idea. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I, I know, but it needs to be the where I put. Anyway, enough of that. Um, I've got other things. Okay, what, one very quick one because I've got another two couple of things, but that they will fit much better when we're talking about the game. Uh, I, I wandered in and uh, looked down my row. I had a lovely chat with John as I often do. Um, then wandered off to my seat to find that there were about. Five or six lads in a row, and I thought, I know that one of you is bound to be sitting in my seat. So it's like the Goldilocks and three bear bears. Who's sitting in my seat? <laughs> and normally I can be a bit of a Gareth about this, I have to be honest. Um, and, I, and I just said very politely to the chap, young lad, excuse me, mate, but you're, you're sitting in my seat. And, and he, he looked very apologetic and got up and, and uh, was, was wandering off to go and find where his real seat was. Um, and, and I said, oh, these are all your mates. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he wandered off, and I said to them, I said, well, is this, is this your, f-? they were obviously from the States. I said, is this your first game? They said, yeah, yeah. I said, hang on a minute. I said, I could see he was wandering just down down the row on the other side a bit. So I, I gave him a wave and called him back. So, like, you know, come, come and sit here. I said, I've been sitting here for 20 years. I'm sure I can survive not sitting in it for one game. Sit here with your mates and enjoy it. And I, I wandered off to go and sit where he was sitting. And would you believe it? I was four seats behind Marco. So there you go. But I thought well, I did a good thing. I was very unlike me. I'm normally a bit of a Gareth about that, but I was actually no. And I, I, I should have gone to them and said, you know, um, you should listen to the Chelsea fan cast and la 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 la. But I, by the time I was so pissed off at the end of the match, I just got out. <laughs> so, you, know. you got cards, Chidge. You could just no. hand, give them a, you know, flick no. something at them, something no. useful, you know, like hit a, get a sticker, stick it on their forehead yeah. or something. No, I expect them to know who I am, but they clearly didn't. Uh, of course. Well, you weren't wearing the T-shirt with your face emblazoned on it then. Oh, I've got some news for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I spoke to... I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you this. <laughs> oh, well. Here goes. Here goes nothing. Uh, do you, you know Rich, the lovely Richard Schaller? Sh- uh, Sh- I can never pronounce his name. Richard Schaller. Richard Schaller, yeah. The one who's done all the cartoon stuff for yeah, the new yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is going to be doing some animated... Uh, not animated, but cartoon uh, pictures of us. So there you go. It's, well, I love the um, who did the in off the post uh, cartoon, Chidge? I don't know. I didn't know this, there was one. 
It's fabulous. Well, me as the goalie and you as the. Uh, oh. the oh, you've seen? No, you d- direct it my way. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, but that, but I'd love it. What are we going to be doing? Are you and I going to be? Um, are we playing football? Or are we? What are we doing? Are we at a microphone together? Do I don't know. know. I don't know. But anyway, Richard told me that. Anyway, I'm digressing massively. People are saying, "What the fuck are we listening to?" They've not even talked about the football yet. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tony, fire away. The finishing was woeful. We're one striker short of a picnic. Um, you and I might differ on Havertz, but I know you yes. want to have first bash. I do because I'm, frankly, I think um, when I think of all the times that people got on Timo Werner's back last season, um, and yet that bloke constantly, constantly ran at defences, constantly tried to cause problems, constantly kept tracking back. I mean, he was like an absolute, you know, lunatic across the pitch. He never, ever gave in. And I look at Havertz and I think, and I'm, I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired of people telling me, well, he's not being played in his right position. He's been with us since 2020, right? He's had three different managers. Are you telling me that not one of them can get a tune out of him because frankly I think he's living off a Champions League final goal right I think his body language absolutely stinks I think uh to, I'm going to nip this off a of Dan Burgess I think it was but he looks like a bewildered deer on the pitch he just looks like he's um you call him I know JK likes him calls him the silky German he's a sackcloth German he's made out of hessian or donkey jacket material he's he's just I would sell him tomorrow. I I've absolutely think he's had his chance. We let the wrong German go, in my in my opinion, because I want one with work rate. Um, and for me, I just think that um, in the end, he, he reminds me of Dimitar Berbatov, but without the energy, the goal scoring, and without the good attitude. And if you remember Dimitar Berbatov, he didn't really have any of them apart from the goal scoring capability, because he was languid and all this sort of stuff. But at least he knew where the bloody net was. Now, I get that Havertz is a midfielder, okay? I get that we've got a bit of a striking issue, okay? But we've got Fafana, and he looked bright when he came on. Um, we let Giroud go stupidly early. Thank you for that, Tommy. That was one of the one of your brightest things, wasn't it? And I just look at Havertz and think, what does he do? Does he sit there and say, I can play striker? Does not one of these managers look at him and go, you're a really good footballer in your position, but you're a hopeless striker? Because honestly, uh, we got you know, Matteo Kesman was better than him up front, and we remember how shit he was really. So I, I he, just, he was I, just I, unlucky, mate. No, I don't. He's, well, <laughs> Kesman was, but this bloke is just driving me mad. I can't remember the last time I walked out of the game and thought to myself, "Fuck me, that Havertz is good." Christ, he's, you know, we've really, really got ourselves a bargain. I think we've been conned. I think we've been mugged off. Um, and I just think his, his body language, it, there's nothing. Look, you can say it's all down to the side he's playing in, but after this amount of time, we still can't get a tune out of him. It's still when he scored a goal in the Champions League. He scores the occasional goal and everyone, the, the scales aren't falling from my eyes because everyone else, or they have fallen from my eyes because everyone else is like Emperor's new clothes. Oh, he scored a goal. What? Well, the last time we scored a goal. And I just look at him and I'm tired of him. Get him out. Go and get somebody who really wants to put an effort in. I'm I'm just absolutely at it with him. In the same way that JK had at it with Timo. By the way, Havertz, I think, got caught offside four times on Friday night, right? Which was one of Werner's apparent sins, right? And yet Havertz was four or five times offside, offside. 
you know, I'm sorry, the bloke isn't good enough. I'll go and send the buy and he's probably going to be a star there. Well, be another uh, indeed. I would and, take the chance that he won't. He plays for German and he, and he looks excellent. But here's, I, I will get into this in a minute, but he does play yeah. in the right, his right position in Germany. JK, you're, you're champing at the bit. You're, you're on mute, old bean. I say, come on. I'm so sorry, I was coughing. I was coughing my guts out. I was being professional. <laughs> <laughs> um, only calling the silky German because that's, he's called that in the song, and he's oh. silky German in the song because he scored the goal in the Euro, in the Champions League Cup final. Um, uh, uh, Barney Rone used to describe him when he first came to Chelsea as um, uh, like an Eliz- Elizabethan from the 16th century in the wrong era, wondering <laughs> if, he, if he was as if he was wearing um, a, a ruff, a ruff, and. Uh, and those uh, those those shorts you had to you know you pull up with the with the tights you know with the uh, pantaloons and, and dub, doublet and hose. Doublets, yeah. That's <laughs> very prosaic. I like that. But um, he has lived enormously off the Champions League goal. I agree with you completely. I think what's happened though, in a side that's not been great, other than in cup competitions, um, it, we everybody's been very forgiving because he scored the goal. But if you analyze what he's actually been up to over the past few seasons he's in a in a in a better side he would be dropped Uh, and I just think it's because we've had a um a dearth of really excellent players as I was saying the other day when Felix appeared you thought actually this is the kind of player that we used to buy and he He played really well with Havertz and he played well and Havertz raised his game now here's an interesting fact um um Reese James keeps putting these strange tweets on um on Twitter, the one the other day was uh, how he missed Tommy Tuchel, which I thought was almost, you know, bringing the club into disrepute. I wonder whether he's allowed to say that kind of thing in his contract. But anyway, he put that. But he's now also, he's now becoming slightly like um, uh, Lukaku was, except Lukaku was talking bollocks. But in this instance, this is slightly um, Cantona-like. Um, he, he, he tweeted, if you've got to persuade them to help carry the bricks, yes, they aren't the ones to build with. He stuck up on on Twitter. Now you can interpret that. People are going talking about he, Lego, mate. What's he talking about? Well, they indeed one could interpret it as yeah, <laughs> it could be Lego. It could be the builders at the end of his garden. He's got builder could, trouble, mate. Could be, his yeah, it, could be, it could be yes, yeah. He's, he's building an enormous outhouse and uh, to house his Sabutio team. And well, he's built uh, like he's built like an outhouse, so he'd probably need quite a big one. Yes, it'd be a very big one. Big real Sabutio players. Alternatively, it could be that he's saying. Uh, there are players there who aren't aren't carrying their weight, and it may be because they're knackered. But it's becoming it's becoming um, obvious that there are certain players in the side who are nowhere near their potential, and when we're making giving excuses for them, it's like Mount saying he's in the wrong position, and all right, he's played sixty games, but this has been his worst season by far. You know, we we want them to do good, do well because hold we've off seen... on Mount. We're going to do him to death, and oh, we will, we will. But I think he's. Um, I think the other problem is, is people haven't come in and hit the ground running, which nowadays you expect them to do that if you've paid a lot of money. Um, Cucurella still. I mean, I was intrigued by Chilwell coming on and even in his 10 minutes. I mean, somebody said he, they thought he was dreadful. I didn't think so at all. I thought he he looks he's a fullback. He's a proper, proper player. Chilwell. I mean, look, yeah. just can yeah. I reel it back into habits? Well, I was gone. talking about. Other players, I know, who I didn't... but I, I just want to. I wanted. To, I wanted. To, I wanted to have my say on habits, really, because I, oh, right, 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 I, right. I, I kind of disagree with you slightly, both of you. Um, mm. I, I think. I look. There's no getting away from it. 
you know the I mean who you know the one that hit the hit the post yeah I mean maybe that was a bit unlucky but I I just don't I don't think he has not got strikers I mean actually you hear you hear you hear ex players talk about this and there is a difference in players who just have that instinct to score goals and those that don't he I don't think he's a striker but he even says that he he's he is a number ten or or even a number eight. He's not a, not a number nine, but he says he'll do it for the team. And my question, funnily enough, I actually posed this in the running order presciently, uh, not having a clue what you were both going to say. But I think this this there therein lies the problem. In a team like Chelsea over the last few years, where bar apart from Oli Giroud, who had his weaknesses, but actually we all loved and did have a striker's instincts. Mm. Um, who else is going to score the goals? Timo was supposed to. Couldn't it cow's ass with a banjo? Um, Lukaku, absolute fucking disgrace. Uh, Aubameyang this year, well, it was a daft signing given that they were going to fire Tommy Tuchel. Uh, Brozier's a kid, now he's injured. You know, who's going to score the goals in that team? We don't have any strikers. So in the absence of that, and you're the manager, what do you do? What do you do? Do you play a false number nine with Sterling? Rather well, not. he's another. I mean, well, let's not get down that alley. But either, yeah, just, no. just making the point. Or do you go with Havertz, who you know we know he's capable of it, but he's, he's not really a striker, but is willing to do it for the team. Um, so I think there's another way to look at it, and that is that he's taking one for the team by doing the most difficult job in the team that nobody else either can or will do. Mm. I rest my case, my lud. No, no, I don't. I don't. I've had my fill of it. Or was it actually the defence rests? Yeah. So, I, I, but not silver. No, this is just my personal opinion of, of of a player that I think I've had more than enough time to watch. That I get this, you know, and if, I'm sure if Clayton was on here, he'd be saying there's a there's a good player in there somewhere. Well, you know, there's there's probably gold underneath my house somewhere. I'm gonna go fucking digging for it for the next ten years, am I? Um, so I just think, you know, for me. Um, cash in. There was someone put up on Twitter yesterday. If you if we were given a fifty million pound check and for Havertz to go, would you take it? I said, yeah, now, right now, I'd say, yeah, off you go, um, and 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 try and find another solution. It's not like we're short of <clears throat> midfielders um, these days with everyone we've brought in. A number a number ten position, um, like you said, it, there's this there's this whole thing. I mean, I'm I'm a great believer, and I know this is daft but I play walking football as JK used to play ordinary football on Sunday and I'm all for the the the, the multi-role player okay but um, I think you're right about the striker's instinct and a, a player who just puts his hand up and says well I play striker look that I could sit there every week and go to football and say well, I'll play striker I'm not very fucking good um uh, and I think I'd be like to think if we were playing 11 side, 11 side football, I'd say to the coach, I'm not playing striker. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm a different sort of player. I'm out there I'm buzzing around the midfield like JK said he used to do. Um, and so for me, I've, I've, I've come to the end of my time with Havertz as JK came to the end of his time with Werner last season. So my defence rests exactly there. <laughs> my that. arguments are the same. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Very glum, no, J- JK, I've got a question for you. I love that, Tony. Well done, mate. Uh, JK, here's a question for you. I, I, I'm just kind of wondering, actually, um, if, you know, Ch- Chelsea has got a, a problem in terms of, I mean, alluded to it with a number of managers that we've had. And okay, some of it is circumstantial. But I, I wonder if, if Chelsea 
has a, a horrible habit of ruining some players. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't remember where I've read this. Possibly the uh, Liam's piece in The Athletic today. It might have been somebody else. But they made, an, I thought, an excellent point, which was, you know, what was the thought behind buying Havertz when we bought him? Uh, and wondering whether there was, in fact, a lot of thought in it. It was just classic kind of Abramovich era. Oh, shiny new player. Everybody's talking about him. Let's buy him. No kind of thought about, well, where does he play? How does he play? How will he fit in? And and in a sense, you've got a square peg arriving, uh, you know, in a round hole immediately. And then that's compounded by various managerial changes. You don't quite know where to fit him in or what to do. And, and you know, it, look, if... if, if um, I mean, I think this applies to any of us, you know, whatever job we do. If you go and work for a new company and you've come in on a reputation that you're really good at doing something and then they say, yeah, yeah, well, we know that, but we're not sure. We've got other people who could do that or we're not quite doing that. We need, can, we, can you do that job instead? And you go, well, yeah, all right, because you're paying me and uh, obviously I want to work here and don't want to not have a job. So you do it and you're not as good as it. And, and and then you get coated off for it. I mean, I think I think that's not just Havertz. I would I would have you say. Well, yeah. I, I would say I think this is happening to too many of our players. Mount, you could put in that category. Sterling playing at fucking left wing back. You know, there's yeah. some nutty things going on at this club. But don't you think the players should be opinionated about their own abilities? Well, if enough? you say I'm not going to play, they won't play you. No, no. To say I want to play in a different position, or yeah. would you please? work out where I can play to my strengths yes because otherwise you know aren't they uh, are they just being utterly passive about it you know I mean I'm afraid even in the Sunday football I played I used to say you know I used to say uh, actually I don't want to play right back I'd really rather play right midfield because I'm better there yeah if they say you play right back I'd say all right well I'll do it I have to say I would do it and I would actually do it to my best abilities and I would be okay at it this is what I find Slightly odd. If they're playing out of position, are they withdrawing their their uh, employment? Are they are they not bothering because they think, well, I'm playing out of position. I don't need to make it. I'm not going to be very good because I always, regardless of where I played, I made an effort. I would be and, surprised uh, at that. I have to be honest. Yeah, well, well, one worries, but there is something wrong, though, Chidge. No, I moment. agree. I agree. But I mean, on, on your point uh, uh, yeah. about the uh, wrong position, I think you may, that's an excellent point there. Yeah. Because actually, you're right. I mean, why not? I mean, if we if we talk about player power and they have all the all the all the aces these days, I mean, what's what's to stop a player going? I'm sorry, mate. I, this is where I play. This is the position I play. This is why, why boy, I'm not going to play there. I'm sorry. And if you if you want me to play out of position all the time, then I want to transfer. You know, I want to go and play for a club that will play me in my best position. Yeah, I, it seems to make sense to me. But we're, we're we're sort of searching, aren't we, for reasons why players that we've seen deliver in the past. I mean, I think the jury's out over whether um, Avertz has ever played wonderfully because he's never played the way we feel that he was... I mean, I think he was playing originally. At, where did he come from? I can't remember. Was it Leverkusen? He, he was He was playing wonderfully for them. But as you say, he was playing in that midfield position, wasn't he? That or, was, as that, two, or as a that's two. Or as a two. That's where he came from. He definitely wasn't a striker. So why this is being... Why, didn't, why don't they play him further back and then start with... with um, um, what's his face they've just bought? Fafana. Yeah. I, I, I'm... I'm I, I don't understand why. I or mean, Felix. Just, 
Well, will things change when Felix plays? Well, I think he looked good against, against Fulham when they played he together. Was yeah. He was great. He was great. And and Havertz came up a level. And when he went off, it went back to the usual yeah. box. But even then, Havertz missed a couple of chances yeah. that Felix put him in for. So you just think... But he's when, not... He's, he, the time when... But we almost need to give up. I think you know, you know this. You know this. I mean, the the much the, the, the kind of scant respect we give stats, but we we're not completely like that. And you know, we us old gits all know that you just look at any good strikers and you look at their strike rate, yeah, and yeah. the great strike rakers, you know, are scoring uh, you know a goal every two. If you know a goal every, uh, under two games is is the sign usually yeah. of a world class striker. And to do that, that means they're they're they, you know they're getting a goal every kind of three or four chances or less. The great he, it takes him would, 10 chances to score. Yeah, indeed. The great strikers would have scored the volley that he hit the post with and the one that was whipped across the goal that he missed by inches. They'd have been there. They'd have anticipated it. So he'd have had two goals against Fulham. If, if he was a striker, which yeah, he's yeah. not. But this lack of anticipation is just absolutely bizarre. I just oh, don't, I don't get it. Particularly even when Zayek, who absolutely stank the place right. out. Let, we'll leave we'll okay, well, hang on one second. He put a, he put a, a centre in. And so, uh, and you know that that's all he can do, really, with those Swapo centres. Yeah. I'm not sure there was no. I know, I know. I had a good, I, I had a good view of that. I had a good, I had a good view of that. Now uh, I want to move it on a bit, uh, because you know, again, it's it's so beholden upon all of us, really, isn't it? You know, we only ever see one side play, uh, which is Chelsea. And as I said, I mean, I mean, actually, you know, I I will mention this now. I mean. I was just, I think it might have been because I, I, I was pissed off that I didn't get a beer beforehand. Um, maybe, I don't know. I was bloody tired. I'd had a hard week. Uh, I was just so excited about going, actually, again. And we'd made all these new signings. It was just so frustrating. I think I actually broke the the world record for the number of fuck's sakes I said during a match. And the, num- <laughs> and the, and the number of fucking hell, insert Havertz, Ziyech, Cucurella, you name yeah. it, you know, I, I, it was just so frustrating. But there's a reason why it was, all, well, another reason why it was frustrating, because Fulham set out to do exactly that, to frustrate oh, yeah. Chelsea. And I thought they, you know, they're not a brilliant side, but they're bloody well organised. Yeah. Uh, they had a plan and they played as a team. And of course, Chelsea are not in any way, shape or form a team, as I said in the intro. Two things have, uh, questions emanate from this. First one to Tony and second one to JK. Um one, it can't be easy. And Liam, again, wrote a very good piece about this in The Athletic today. It can't be easy having all of these new arrivals coming in and trying to gel them that quickly. It was never going to happen in 24 hours in Fernandez's no. case. No. And the second question for JK, I'll wait and let Tony answer this one but, first. But, I mean, yeah, so I did my, um, and, and as you very kindly printed them out on the uh, for us to, to remind me, but I did my um, my usual post-match CFC observations uh, when I got in from the game and I I was impressed with Enzo I really was because um, he played quick fast football, everything that Jorginho wasn't forward he played forward didn't he he did um, and his speed and, and again I go back to this uh, I keep going on about with the walkie football I play whatever but we have some youngsters play with us you know so it's meant to be for over 50s but we've got some lads of, you know, in their 20s and whatever that come along because it's a game of football um and we're all level we can only walk you know and we stick the same rules however what they do have is speed of thought and the ability to pin the ball you know they're there it's almost like they've got that sixth sense that out you know all us bewildered 
old codgers who are you know addled our brains away on alcohol and drugs and sex over the years um Speak haven't got yourself. anymore exactly <laughs> be so lucky i should be so lucky right <laughs> well at least one of them might be in there i don't know but anyway the point being that um drugs that with enzo what i saw was everything that we used to sit there the guy behind me jim and and, and they sit there and we go um in the uni and say george georgie turn because one thing that Georgina rarely ever did was turn and face forward. Yeah. And Enzo did it all the time. He played some, what I would call, risky passes that you thought might not reach the people. He, but they did. They were that good. Uh, and, you know, this is a bloke who'd been in the country three days. You know, um, would could barely have known his teammates. Has got the weight of now being the world's most expensive footballer, or whatever, or the British, you know, the Premier League's most expensive footballer, on his shoulders, and it didn't flap him at all. I was very impressed with him. I was less impressed with Mudrick, of course, because then you find out he's had a heavy cold, you know, whatever. But Enzo, uh, Conor Gallagher, they were there was bright sparks in there. Players that you know they want to run, they want to agitate, but Fulham. You know, it must be a Portuguese thing because I said this to at the stall. Um, I used to when I the company I used to work for, we had a, a director of technology, a guy called George Fernandes. Um, and I couldn't give a fuck if he's listening or not now because I've retired. But he was Portuguese, and he was the most sullen fucking bloke ever. <laughs> it was like, and I, is this a Portuguese thing? These are, are the men of Portugal so sullen? Because that Marco Silva strikes me as somewhat sullen and moody. And, and what have you. And they set their teams up to, to, to be like that, right? Fulham won pretty much every loose ball. They won all the 50-50s. They were pressing all the time. And I said, oh, give us a second ball, especially in the first half. Um, and it was impressive because, the, you know, a bit like old when we used to knock Allardyce and Dyche at Burnley and all this sort of stuff. But they they have a game plan. Right? But also, just saying, they play with an intensity that we yes. we don't possess in the slightest. Yes, yes. Well, we I think we've got two or three players that want to play with an intensity, but they're dragged down by what I would call some of the legacy players, if you like, in in that sense. And I think this is, and it it, it goes back to I think what we said before in here. This is a hugely transitional uh, period, probably the biggest I can remember in the club, certainly since Roman's first season. I think pro rata, we've probably spent more money from Bowley um, at Clear Lake, uh, if you if you take into account inflation, than we did under Roman's first season, you know, when he went out and started buying right, left and centre. And it's intriguing to see. But this time, you've got, is it Christopher Bivell and you've got these other people now that they've bought in with a kind of longer-term vision, which is something that Roman... Romans era never had. We never had that in that time at all. It was, you know, shock therapy by by players, sack manager, whatever. We, we, we did early on, didn't we, Tony? We had Emanalo and we did have, and the idea was that Czech was supposed to be part of this. Yeah. So there was an element. It, it, it. It, it, it was, oh, I, I, I sort of go with the lip services. I was, I was impressed. I thought Enzo looked good. I think Mudrick in his 30-minute cameo in the game before looked really, really good. Felix... Uh, look, he did a mad tackle that actually um, he got sent off for. And then I think it was Fabinho who didn't get sent off um, for Liverpool for doing something quite similar. So um, I think Felix will have learned a big lesson from that about the Premier League. And I'm excited by what's there, um, but not for this season. And I want to just say this. Uh, I think Karen Carney was, um, I think she shut Carragher down properly because he was having a moan on Friday night about 
you know, we're off. We're she was excellent. She was there. excellent, Tony. Yeah. She was really excellent. And I think she actually said to him at some point, but look at the, what the money they're spending isn't for this season. It's for next season and the season after. And shut him right down there and then. Yeah. Because, you know, he's he's doing his bit of scouse a bit or whatever. But, yeah, so, the, sorry, going back to the question, Chidge, absolutely, I thought Enzo was good. I, I was, uh, it's an enormous, look, even the most experienced, long-in-the-tooth manager um, would would be thinking to himself, fuck me, how do I integrate all of these people in to oh, this? I, I, I think I think it's, I, I have some sympathy for him, but, I mean, you know, from where I was sitting, it, it, it seemed, I think, to have some sort of an impact because... That's what, I think that's why so many passes were were, were going astray because that was one yes. of the things that was frustrating me. But I think I think it's it's understandable. This they've hardly played together as a team, so it's going to have an impact. But um, you know, I think you're right. I think there were some interesting things. The other thing, J.K., that I wanted to say was, um, and okay, maybe maybe the first question answers the second in a way because I think a lot of people were moaning about the fact that they just don't see any sense of a plan i mean not, i mean an on-pitch plan you know how how do we play what are we trying to do what's the plan graham uh i mean you know sean dyche comes in at everton and in one game beats arsenal and they're playing in a in i mean one has to say a typically dyche manner but i i love sean dyche i gotta be honest but you know you knew what they were trying you knew what they were trying to do the players knew what they were trying to do we it's look like explained, isn't it? Chid? Well, we look like a shambles. We don't have a clue what we're doing. There's no well. You can't see what. In fact, there was a. I watched a Sean Dyche sort of masterclass of how he got people to play. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I didn't. What was it that? Was a, it was um, intriguing. He says there's a V. He, he puts a V out from the edge of the goal goal area, from the edge of the goalpost, and he said, and that's where the four. That's where you need to boot it. That's where. That's where we. It, it, it's condensing the. The defense, the defense, and he said, and if a, a winger gets past, you send the uh, your own winger goes back and tracks him. Foul him. He go out, but somebody comes back, and it's all about. And then you, then you, you know. And he said, you don't be ashamed to play the long ball. Yeah, and then he kicked the ball up the field, run after it. Hey, great, you know. Oh, it, well, but well. they know, and he, and he, what was it? Who was he played up front? Was it Anana? I think he was. What was his name? Anana. What was it? And um, anyway, the huge, the huge Evertonian that I never saw. If we ever. if we ever buy him, we can have a chance. Ooh, it's an honor. Ooh, it's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it, but it, anyway, but he um, it was very basic stuff. But as you say, you see the plan, you see it, and Arsenal couldn't deal with it. And also because they're so committed and there's so much intensity and passion because they're all thinking, I know what to do. I've got my role here. But you look at this at the moment. I mean, we're gonna have to just. I mean, uh, that, that article you said, was it the Sabrina woman wrote, the, the, the thread, on which was fascinating about what they're trying to do, which all makes great sense. And it's for the future. And it's almost as if you write this season off, as they did exactly with the Dodgers. And I think they did with um, uh, uh, their other investments that they initially just get they get a series of people in and they they bed them in. And they say, all right, well, the first season is nothing's going to happen in it because it's halfway through and you can't do anything about it. I get that. However, it as a as somebody paying a large amount of money to watch my team in the Premier League, it means that you effectively write a season off and you just try to work out what on earth is happening. And I can't, like you, Chidge, work out what the fuck. No, is going. I, I can't either, mate. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying, and I and I, that does great with me. One thing I will say 
and I, I, you know, maybe I just think I think it's it's. I, if you, if you, I can't, I mean, you know, maybe at the end of the season, I'm going to listen back to every show we've done and just to just to get a handle <laughs> on the schizophrenia and the neurosis that this season has has caused us. We we go from one view to another view quite often in the space of five minutes, let alone yeah. two shows. But actually, I think that is an indictment of where the club are at. And I'm just mm. thinking, if that's what it's doing to us, what on earth is it doing to the players that are trying to play there? So there is huge issues going on. One thing I will say, though, in terms of what is the chuffing plan, when you're dealing with chaos in football, uh, most good managers will, will do one thing. They will, they will work from the defence up. They will go, right, who's my keeper? Who's my two central defenders? Let's focus on that. Let's let's keep it tight at the back. We've heard all the cliches. Let's keep it tight at the back. Don't concede. We can always score a goal. Well, unless you're Chelsea, obviously. But, you know, usually that's the plan. And actually, in Potter's defence, I wonder if that's kind of where he's had to go back to because of the, you know, the unfolding chaos of the season. Now he's got another eight different players. We've got Kepper, who I thought was pretty good. We've got Silva playing next to Badia Shiel. Badia Shiel is 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 a, a hell of a player, and those two playing together at central defence, they never looked in any trouble at all. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's what Potter's doing. Maybe he's trying to build some sort of a plan from the defence and will work his way up. Um, I hope so. But that is an element that is working. I'd love you to comment on that. But uh, J.K., can you please explain to me? Why this excellent defender, this excellent centre back, young he may be, has uh, not been picked for the Champions League? Yeah. What on earth is that all about? Please well, tell me. It's allowed somebody else to to play, isn't it? Because you can't all take people off, can you? Unless they've been transferred. So obviously, yeah. Jorginho got swapped. But um, so it's they've they've worked out that the um, that Felix, Mudrik, and um, Fernandez need to be in the side. Those yeah. three are essential. So they were left with no choice. And I think they've worked out that uh, that because the pace is slower, Koulibaly can can um, can fit in. And also, Fafana, I think, was named originally, wasn't he? In which case, he he'll still be in the uh, in the setup. But he's very much um, uh, um, not even a work in progress. We don't know what he's like really. No. He played early on and looked, gave the ball away a lot in the first couple of games, and then was injured. And I thought it was going to be a three three week injury. And what's it been? It's nearly been. It's it's practically the whole of the season at the moment. Actually, what yeah. is that? Yeah, yeah. Is that all about? Um, and then then somebody uh, was reading that you know he, he had a whole series of injuries. Well, they should never have bought him in the first place. Then what was the the mad panic about all of that? And perhaps it was his stats were very good. Once again, this appears to be one of the driving forces. And we is, yeah. we, we, we have got these, I keep saying these stats guru and gurus in place. And yet the 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 big the, the person who would run it all, the um uh the director of football has still yet to be yet to be appointed. So they're obviously holding out. I think they're holding out for that Edwards guy, because I think he said that he would be he wanted his year off to do nothing he wanted a year of not gardening leave he just wanted some time off mm. so perhaps he said okay i'll join you next year in which case this is all work in progress this is all sussing people out or even bedding them in but um i, I don't know what style they want I, I would have thought that you well the manager comes with a style don't they what is what is potter's style yeah, but i mean i think all, all all managers at all clubs 
if it all goes tits up they they do this we hear them say it we we, we you, you know first thing let's not concede let's get a stable back four stable yeah, yeah, defense yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. that's what he's doing yeah but at the same time it what does it mean that it, it i suppose you've got to give him the opportunity to play people in different he's going to play a lot of people he's going to do lots of chops chopping and changing well i don't agree with that that's that's no, my point well, but you'd have thought it we'd be able to see this on the training ground you'd have thought you'd have thought but when everybody's back, when all the injuries are back, then it should be that he gets a, a, a pretty good team out there. And yet we meanwhile have these quotes from Rhys James that he doesn't think. Well, people... well we, I, we don't really know what James is going on about. To well, be fair, uh, do, we? do we? No. No, no but then why, why, why would he? But yes, but the, the conspiracy theorist in me wants to look at the, the quote and say, yes, there are people in that team who aren't interested. Well, I think we know that anyway. That, yeah. that I would agree with. And well, I mean, then they shouldn't be playing in the first Well, I, I mean, this is a different going down a different tangent. But, I mean, as I, I think I said it last week, didn't I? I said, look, if you've got players there that you basically want, want to get rid of them, but you couldn't get rid of them because of the, the nobody would buy them in the January window, you either buy the contract off or don't play them. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 that's what, if, you, if they're a problem, then you, you say, you're, you're training down there with the youth for the rest of your contract yeah. at Chelsea. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, perhaps they want to see them as marketable. That's the other thing that's going on. Perhaps they don't want that to happen. No. They, they, they'd like to see them as... Yeah, but then the tail wags the dog and they end up playing even though they don't give a shit or are putting in poor performances. Perhaps they've, as you said, as we've talked about, they don't care about the rest of the season. So well, maybe. Because well, it's well, better. He had a, a way of doing it, didn't he? He had a way of getting getting shot of players and, and, and still getting some money for them when it's fairly obvious he didn't have a future at the club. But I think yeah. the point there about you know, uh, whatever Reese meant by it, and it is very Cantona-esque. Um, when the seagulls follows a trawler. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and if it was said with the French accent, we'd all be going, oh, that's <laughs> That's deep. I, I've spoken to journalists who were at that Cantona press conference and none yeah. of them had the, an absolute scooby what he was on about. <laughs> it was one of the most I, surreal I, I, things I, I've ever seen. Yeah, But I look at it and, I, and I, you know, I, I think the, the, the influx of players that we bought this... Um, this January has been it's been refreshing because some of the players that we brought in in the summer uh, uh, and Abamangang, I I kind of hoped that he would be the Abamangang that we saw you know from time to time at Arsenal. You know he was a, a good striker, but again the body language and everything's wrong. Um, we, you know, another fraud is Raheem Sterling. He's an absolute fraud in my view. He's a bottler. He bottled out of that game against City. I don't care what anybody says about whether he was injured or, or whatever. He didn't want to face him. And 30 seconds into the game, he's limping off. That's, that's bollocks. That is. That's Danny Baker used to run a thing on 606 about players that suddenly go sick when they've got to face their old teams and all this. That's what he did there. Um, I can't look at Raheem Sterling and think of him as a Chelsea player. I just cannot. He could He could get Chelsea tattooed on his fucking forehead and I still wouldn't think of him as a Chelsea player. For me, it's a mercenary. He was you know, Pep Guardiola is laughing his cock off at the fact that we bought um, uh, Raheem Sterling. And 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 I look at Raheem Sterling and I think we went from Eden Hazard in his prime to that, right? A bloke who against the was it Palace the other week or I can't remember the last game he played or whatever it must be Palace because it or whatever game it was where in right in front of you, Chich, right in front of where you sit. Pretty much, he he was in acres of space, and he could have run at the defenders, and he fucking stopped, held the ball, and played it back. Get him out, 
take efforts with him. But well, I, you know, you know what, Tony? He speaks very highly of you. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, do you know what? I, I, I think I'm I, I'm pretty reverent towards people. I'm pretty. Well, I would hope so, as you are the Reverend Glover. Yes, I'm pretty nice towards people. But I think if I saw Sterling in a pub, I probably would have to say something yeah. like, "You're a fucking fraud. Get out of my club. get out of my club, son. <laughs> get out of my club." All right, we're going to get out of this port because it's time for a break. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I need to alert you to the arrival of the estimable CFC UK fanzine. Uh, arrived on my doorstep this morning, so no doubt you can get it at the games very quickly. Do uh, Now, uh, as you know, if you want to get it at a game, uh, there is a stall opposite uh, Fulham Broadway, the CFC UK stall. And of course, there are lots of sellers in uh, Fulham Road going, hurry up, it's only a pound. Um, but... If you can't get to a game, you can still get a proper copy by emailing fanzine at cfcuk.net. It will cost you money to subscribe for a year, 18 quid in the UK, 40 quid in Europe, 56 quid for the rest of the world. Uh, Alternatively, you can get it emailed to you as a digital copy uh, for six quid for a year or a pound each. And you can do all of this by paying PayPal. And again, email fanzine at cfcuk.net. And talking of fanzines, our very own Dean Mears has produced a fanzine for the Chelsea women's team. Uh, uh, and it goes hand in hand with that excellent podcast, Went to Mo King's Meadow, which of course comes out on the Chelsea Fancast platform. Uh, Dean, Dane, Clayton from this parish all right for it. It's jolly good. Go and get it. Now, uh, again, it's available as a PDF for a quid or for those that want a physical copy. It is £2 plus postage and packing. Uh, for more info, go to kingsmeadowchronicle.bigcartel.com. We will be back in a jiffy bag. <laughs> JK. Yes, Chidge. You know how frustrated we get when we can't get a ticket to an away match and it's not on the telly? Oh, yes. Oh. Well, I think I found the answer. You have? I have. It's NordVPN, and it allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. Oh, that sounds great. How do they do that? Well, with just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match. Oh, Isn't that a bit risky, though? I wouldn't want people getting their hands on my personal details. No problem, JK. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Wow, great, but uh, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, mate. Oh, indeed it is, Chidge. Where do I sign up? To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. 
Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stamford Chidge and I have with me the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chidge, how lovely. Lovely to be here. Mm-hmm. And we have the Reverend Tony Glover, the lovely Tony Glover. Tony, I haven't told you this. So I don't know if you, you may know because you do pop into Discord now and again. Yes. Um, they've been, uh, a lot of them are back catalogue back catalog listening to the, uh, the podding sheds. I know. And I'm under um, extraordinary pressure to get something going. And I've tested the uh, the, the um, audio oh, hijack I... software, um, but I've only tested it with myself. Um, so it should all be working. I just need to get to Donal and find some people to, to come on to what will be the 100th edition. Well, it's a long way behind you, but I kind of miss doing it because we had a slightly different... Uh, I, I, towards the last few, I tried to expand it into a, a kind of discussion about football in general, as well as Chelsea, you know, to, to take in some of the other points that we would like, perhaps tonight have been discussing the, um, the the alleged scandals around Manchester City. I do want to say one thing about strikers uh, that we did mention before we go on. Um, I don't think Harry Kane is a very good footballer, right? I think he doesn't contribute enough. But you said about strikers' instincts, right? Mm. Now I watched him in the World Cup for England. I didn't. I kept thinking, why is he? Why is he in midfield? Or you know, he's just like there. But then again, you can't argue with that scoring record. You just cannot argue with the fact that he knows where the net is. He knows how to strike. He knows the ball. where the goals is. Exactly. Well, Greaves and, was the same though. Greaves was the same when he played yes. Chelsea. People yeah. used to. Say, I remember ridiculously. I must have been about five or six, and a bloke behind me saying. Saying that Greaves, what's he done all this game? What's he done? He just hangs about, hangs about a goal, and he scored four goals. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like they, they used to say the same about George Best. He ain't done nothing for eighty-five minutes, and then he bang in two goals in a couple of moments of magic, and you'd be like, oh, that's, that's, he doesn't need to. But and um, this is not blowing smoke up Harry Kane's ass, uh, or even in the slightest way saying anything nice about Spurs. But what an achievement for that! That bloke. And I wonder if they sing about it. I think he'll leave Spurs. I don't think he'd come to us in a million years. They wouldn't sell him to us. I think he'd probably end up at Real Madrid or something like that. But there is, you know, that striker's instinct. You said it earlier on, Chidge, and I picked up on that, right? That player, Harry Kane, can do nothing for 80 minutes. He doesn't need to if he gets a goal like he did on Sunday against City. Um, And that's, I don't know where we find that player from. I haven't got. An, I haven't well, got. We, a... we we had we had one in Didier Drogba. We, we have did. we had one in Costa. Yes. Uh, it's very interesting actually because I, I as you probably know I I spent the afternoon yesterday with uh, Mark me and Marco Smithy Kelvin uh, Richard uh, DJ uh, all, all the people behind uh, the wonderful uh, come along and sing this song book because they were basically signing all of the copies to send out to the people who pledged for it and of course they had Kerry Dixon there. And I was talking with Kerry and Mark and Kelvin afterwards. And uh, Kelvin came out with a brilliant point about Kerry, which was, you know, of all the goals he scored, I mean, he scored hatfuls against shit sides, yeah. But Kerry would always turn up on the big occasion. You know, if you needed if you needed a goal in that game, Kerry would get it for you. And we look back at a lot of the goals he scored in big games. Quite often they were the winner. Quite often they were away from home against the side you needed to get points from. You know, and of course Drogba was like that. Big game player, you know, give him, put him in a cup final, he'll score a goal for you. Yeah, that's what you want. That's what your striker does. And I, I, I hate to say this, but Kane's 
apart from the obvious hilarious examples, has often done that for Spurs. You know, it's proper yeah. striker, basically. Proper striker. Big game player, striker, scores goals. That's what we yeah. need. We, we haven't, haven't got, got one. Anybody, haven't got anybody like that at all. We haven't no. really had anybody like that since Costa. When no. did Costa go? 2016? Seven, was it 17? Can't remember now. Uh, yeah, it was 17, when it? was 17... We had him for the title winning season. He, he, he went, went the year after we won the title, didn't didn't he? Yeah, because yes. he fell out with Conte. Yeah. And funnily enough, we've not competed for a Premier League title ever since because we haven't fair, had put, a striker. In, yeah, he did put in three requests to go to China. Well, I know it's because he wanted to go for the money and everything. And I yeah. know I'm not not trying to attribute blame no, either, no, either think, way. The point I is, is right. we've been nowhere near yeah. a Premier League title since but we haven't really had a quite world class striker. No, Murata started well, faded. Lukaku, who started last season, to be fair, he, he looked lively, you know, for the first few games last season. And then, you know, that interview was the end, wasn't it, really? Um, uh, and I just, I don't know. I don't know. I had an interesting conversation. I, 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 well, I listen, but with, with the people I Carl share with. And, and, you know, he, my mate Bob, is absolutely convinced that the, the day of the striker is gone. You know, the, the, the modern thing is to get your goals all over. He may pitch. be right, Tony. How many world-class strikers are there now? Well, that's it. You're looking at Haaland, who, when starved of service, as he was, yeah. you know, yesterday, um, it, it's really just a, what does he add? He doesn't add anything, does he? There's nothing additional there. But you well, know that's, not, that's that, not his role, though, Tony, is it? No, it isn't his role. And it's that's, yeah. exactly what I mean. No, he's I, running, making all those runs only up front. He's not coming yeah. back to defend. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 the odd corner, and, and you've seen with City, of course, is what they do, is they play the ball forward, knowing that Haaland is going to be up there somewhere. Yeah, and they let him do the work to get into the space or whatever. Um, but we are missing it. And I'd like to think that Broger might have it, but, you know... Like, I... Very young and raw. Well, yeah, but Fafara came on. Well, so... I thought he looked... Pro- I mean, you know, he, he yes. arguably... Uh, I mean, he, sc- he, he scuffed the shot, should have scored, but it was it was yeah. great. But, I mean, he's raw. He's only 20. Yes. I mean, it's a lot to ask of a young man to throw him in at the deep end, but, hey, why yeah. not? He can't yeah. do worse than Havertz, can he? Yeah. The trouble yeah. is we're, we're applying very low standards to everything. That's my objection. Well, we've gone in, from Drogba and Costa to Fofana, indeed, which is my point. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, it's not fair for Fofana. No, it is. Is he, we don't know what his potential would be, but they were, the reason they bought him, they think his potential will be excellent. If we but, don't uh, don't ruin him first. Indeed. And that was yeah. my, in a way, that was kind of my point about Havertz in a similar vein, you know. I mean, I know they're completely different but uh, and different circumstances, but... I think this club is very good at ruining players and playing them in the wrong position. Let's not do part one all over again, but you get my point. <laughs> talk, talk, talking about talking about some of the new signings, Tony t- did touch this on this on in part one, but I, I did like the look of Mudueki. Yes, I thought he put himself about a bit, uh, a bit, a bit Drogba-esque in the way he ran. I thought, mm. um, yeah. So you know, it, it's it's going to look. I tell you what, it's never fucking dull, is it, watching Chelsea? That's for sure. We have got all of these new players. And it's going to be interesting how he does integrate a few of them in. Uh, at least I hope he does. And I mean, Mud- Mudrich, as you said, he he wasn't... I mean, here's the thing, Tony. I've, I've got... Actually, here we go. This this actually does um, segue very nicely to what I wanted to kick off part two with, really. Yeah. Because Ziyech, I just thought, was infuriating again. Yes. Uh, yes. Mudrich was non-existent. We we later found out that Mudrich was had a heavy cold a week and was yes. very leggy, so he took him off. But I I think the point rests for two. Uh, sorry, the, for the two cases, the point stands. Why did Potter pick Mudrich 
if yes, he wasn't well. Why yes. did Potter pick Ziyech if he was about to bugger off to PSG two days before? Yeah. And, I and don't understand that. It was. I I don't get it. I mean, I'm you know, I, there's no point in moaning about Potter because he ain't going anywhere. Not this season, anyway. They might get shot of him in the summer. You don't know. Um, look I just, at that I just don't. Of... I just don't understand the reasoning behind. No, it. and I, I don't. If 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 a player has been well or wet, now don't pick him. It wasn't like we didn't have people, you know, in that position ready. Um, and I thought him and Mason Mount did get in each other's way a few yeah, times. I agree. Um, yeah. And and Mace looks does look knackered. He does. I mean, I can't remember. He said a phenomenal number of games that the, the young lads had, and maybe you know a couple of weeks out. Um, because he, you know, doesn't get himself injured, might do him some good. I, I agree with you. I think you know, don't pick those sort of players if they're not fit, if whatever. What this all tells me, I mean, there was going to be one hell of a clear outcome the summer, isn't there? We know that. You, you've got thirty-three players. You can only name twenty-three. Is it twenty-three? I think in the in the Premier League squad now. So there's going to be a good few departures. You probably see the back of Aspi going a free. I think somewhere. Uh, uh, and whatever, uh, and it's what we've as fans. I think it's what we've been saying for ages. We need to get some of the deadwood out. Call it what you like. I always think deadwood's a little bit of a cruel phrase, really, um, for some of these players who just haven't quite met our 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 high standards as fans. We were good, were good, but are, are no longer. Yes, the, yeah, the, yeah. Bro- uh, the, bro- uh, the broken toys. Yes, that's it. I think you look at yeah, yeah. That's Kovacic it, is being spoken as one of those now. Kovacic is being spoken as as if he's one of those. And yeah. I, I I don't think he's... Um, he hasn't played well all season. And he's and yet, injured. And he's injured, injured. yeah. And you've got Kante, of course. Who's, yeah. Look, I love the bloke, but... Um, what is it? Again, that stat, is it 41 or 42 games in three seasons now? Well, we we broke it's, him. Yeah, just not good enough. Well, Sarri broke enough. him, didn't he, by yeah. playing him injured in the in the Europa Cup. I mean, we won yeah. it, so, you know... Yeah. But I think you know. I, now, I look though, at it. I think there's, been... but it's an exciting time on that sense. And, and at least, yeah. I mean, what we cannot do is sit here and go, "Well, these owners don't know what they're not spending." But these people have gone out. I've said it before on this show. You don't spend three and a half billion on a club, a company, or whatever for it to fail. Okay, they have shown that they have literally put. Well, I say literally. But, you know, they have put their money where their mouth is. OK, they've been unbelievably clever with the FFP stuff. They've spotted Todd Bowley, who's apparently got a bit of a reputation for this kind of being able to find loopholes in, in, in working and all this sort of stuff. Whatever. They found the, 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 the eight and a half, eight year contract thing or whatever. So much so that UEFA is now threatening to put a five year. Well, fine, we'll, I can amortise it over five years or whatever. It's clever. It's it all points to me to something that's going to be really, really good in well, time. On on that point, it, as you yes. kind of got into this, it's a very good. Uh, J- J.K. referred to this earlier on, but this is this fantastic uh, Twitter feed from at stuff Seb, uh, Sab says, uh, who who gives her views on the state of the Chelsea nation, which I think is is just brilliantly executed. I'll try and give you some of the highlights here, but she talks about. Uh, Jorginho going and actually that making uh, the week uh, the mid- midfield weaker and it was already the team's biggest yeah. issue um, and she thinks that that's uh, basically evidence of uh, the club kind of you know punting the season into next one 
The plan yeah. is next season and letting Mudrick and Co gel together, for example. Yes. But actually, this is the really interesting thing. This is what you're alluding to now, Tony. On a macro level, it's an accelerated version of events of Guggenheim's plans for the Dodgers. Radical yes. changes lead to disruption, lead to a bunch of losing, rushed preseason, changing medical staff, backroom performance staff, coaches yeah. and squad upheaval. All of yeah. that translates. I agree. But this is where it gets really interesting. And I think this this also conflates with what I was saying about uh, Mason Mount. And I think you could probably say a few of the others, but definitely Mount. Yeah. And I think this is this is fascinating. Teams take advantage of down years to reload on talent and rebuild chemistry. Yes. The 2016-17 worst to best Chelsea was maybe an accidental sign of the league's future. It's no surprise to me that Liverpool and Chelsea are the most affected by injuries and fatigue. Both played European record 60-plus games last season. On the other end of the spectrum, Arsenal and Spurs played the least number of games last season. United punted the season halfway. Newcastle, of course, play the least amount of games with the advantage of four weeks training in the ideal scenario for any coach. All of these teams are benefiting from no Champions League football. Spurs show how hard it is to keep starting 11 dependent, squad fit and fresh with Champions League. So, in other words, what yes. she's kind of saying is that, it, you know, dare I suggest that this is actually a strategy. But if you are wanting to rebuild your side completely, the easiest way to do it is to not play European football for a season. And in effect, in, in effect, we proved that with Conte winning and set set the the trend for that. So maybe you know they have factored that in. And and the other idea about their their spending money, um, you know, which is really boiling the piss of everybody, much to our hilarity. Yeah. But you know, they did do the same at the Dodgers. Okay, you know, they basically found the best money ball people in the game and gave them unlimited money to spend. Um, but they did a lot of expensive losing before winning. And then she goes on. The idea is once the star power is acquired and young talent is signed long term, the spending will be lessened and, a more, and be more surgical. Yes. Farm system full of talent. Then you can attack the one transformative big name free agent market once the team is competitive and ready to win. Yeah. So players like Fafana would be an example of that. There are lots of players they've just bought who need time and development. Um, but they may pan out to be a superstar quality core player for seven or eight years if you get it right. So maybe this, this is the plan. I think this maybe that the elite club, the other club they're having they need to buy yes. would, would also feed into this. Yeah. Which yeah. they can I control. They control because then the player, if they aren't showing the 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 area of progress within the club at the moment, goes off to the not the feeder club is the wrong word, into the other club where they're allowed to express themselves rather than going to a club where they r rarely play, such yes. as um, um, Bamford and Gilmore are examples of that. And Bamford was an example, similarly, of somebody being wasted. Because Bamford is a very, very decent player, but was never given an opportunity, even though, you know, an idiot like me watching him thinks, actually, he's a bit class, which I did when I went to watch the reserves a few years ago. And the fact that he then failed to get selected at all these loan clubs was just absurd but obviously something to do with the way the manager perceived him and it may have been because he expresses himself very well and is clearly a, a very bright man and he perhaps got up some people's noses by saying something he shouldn't done i've done because i felt that having seen his progress now i mean he played for england last year didn't he he's a he's a he, he just gets into it's this whole business about players getting into lovely positions strikers getting into good positions which um harlem was doing all day yesterday and never got the ball which was absurd the number of times that mares never fed him was yeah. 
absolutely bizarre but that was also slightly reminiscent of Lukaku and us I felt yeah. on occasions and you just felt if Lukaku had been fed a bit more perhaps we would never have had this the situation of him complaining and then going off the boil and not worrying because he he would then made more effort but obviously Haaland makes much more effort than Lukaku ever did but um uh, I, I just find this whole the whole the whole process um intriguing Chidge I, I I mean I I read read the article as well, and I, I I almost feel that we have to um, spend the rest of the season just expecting very little to happen. Yeah. I, I just wish that we could look at what the manager was attempting to do and have the odd little success. I'd like to see. You know, the, we used to get goals scored. We used to have the, the odd fantastic goal scored. You know where you'd go off your seat. Fuck, that was fantastic. Whether it was yeah. Hazard whether it was Frank, whether it was Drogba, there was something that would go out of a situation. You think this, there isn't, you know, the, the, it's, it doesn't look as if a goal will be scored and a little move would occur and there'd be a goal. And you think that was great. These are great players. Yeah. We, we haven't seen that for some time yeah. since, well, sometime once again, the, the yardstick has to be the champions league because that season, everybody played out of their skins yeah. and everybody to some extent that we're having a go at, Mount was superb. You cannot take it away from Mount that season. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. Chilwell was superb. Reese yeah. was superb there. And Kante was superb. They're the three main people missing. And I actually think we're, we're writing Kante off all the time. But I, I, I think there may be an element of, you know, he's had this surgery, which was the first time he's had it. Perhaps there, he's only 30. Perhaps there is still a player there. And perhaps they're getting reports on him and, you know, we're perhaps writing yeah. him off too soon. I'm I'm intrigued yeah. by the poss by the possibilities, and I'm intrigued by the possibilities of everybody being fit because it yeah. will be really interesting to see um, who he picks. And I agree with you completely about Sterling, Tony. I think yeah. Sterling has been disastrous, yeah. and I. But uh, similarly, I think he's somebody who wanted to play with Tuchel, and I think he's an example of somebody phoning it in because we're not we're not seeing and I, the fact he came on as a sub and didn't start i thought was quite relevant actually yeah. and the other whether the excuse was he'd been injured but you know that's always an excuse for everybody but i i i think he can't play um Zayek again Zayek was hopeless as the yeah. worst i've seen and obviously as you said chidge he was on his bike you know so obviously yeah. he's pissed off but i think he picked him because the last two games he was actually better than we've seen him yeah. playing those brilliant crosses that he used to play in all the time for i wonder, wonder whether picking Zayat was a bit of a sop towards you know keeping him on side because we yeah. the yeah. remainder of the season you know but he made that terrible yeah. miss didn't he when he was yeah. put through he took it too wide for fuck's yeah. sake and then shot and then was stretched at it. You thought that is that was one moment where I really yeah. uh, there I were mean, two, two moments where I lost the, it. The that was that one. And and also can I very quickly say the mount when mount the mount one when he was put through in the in the middle of the pitch. He had Mudrick to play in. He had another pass straight ahead, and there was one enormous pass to play for Zayek who was running on his own. So he had three options, mount, and he chose the Zayek option. Kicked it long and the ball got intercepted because it wasn't a good enough pass. Yeah. And I absolutely lost it because I yeah. thought, come on, Mace, you are better than that. And the pass to put in was Mudrick. Why didn't he put Mudrick in? Who was to his left and there on his own 
And then and he, he could have run in, Zayek could have run in, and I think Havertz was there. Havertz well, it, it, it's poor decision-making, isn't it? Well, but I, well, you want to know why? I mean, the answer is... Brain is befuddled. Is well, his, we, 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 we don't know why, do we? But I would hazard a guess that it, this is all... You know what I've said? I've said this so many times on this show over so many years. We always talk about physical exhaustion because we can understand that, but nobody talks enough about mental exhaustion. Mental exhaustion. And physical exhaustion leads to mental exhaustion. Absolutely. I can vouch for that. But anyway, the bottom line is we don't really know, but I would suspect that has something to do with it. You, you <laughs> well, pick up... Make, well, go on. Yeah, make a quick point. I've got, I want to move really it on to something. But... The bit I did love uh, that, that this Sabrina wrote, uh, and I, you didn't highlight this, but this is slightly more on the business side. I guess it's because I'm, you know, I've not long come from... A, a, a business environment. Really. Yeah. And it says the amount of executive signed is no surprise either. The Dodgers front office is a collection of multiple former general managers, I guess that is, GMs. Yes, very so, good yes, point. A bunch of directors of football, similar to the committee that was run at Liverpool, it limits the power of one opinion decision maker and forces collaboration. collaboration. You go into any big business and, and, and the company I used to work for, Vodafone, that's exactly how it is. Okay. You still have your CEO at the top. You still have your hierarchy, but there's it's a bit like the the, the whole thing about the, the sort of British. There's an autonomy in the groups below that where they can collab, collectively make decisions, and it forces uh, that kind of collaboration. So you end up with the benefit of many voices rather than one, who then shrug. so it's not like a parliament where one person can make a fucking decision and it all goes tits up and then they don't bother resigning or anything like that. Uh, and I thought that was a really, really good point because that aligns, you know, and I know we hate the business aspect and the fact that we're a business as well as a football club, blah, blah, blah. But that is exactly what was missing before, where you had pretty much an arbitrary person at the top who said, get this, get this, get this, Marina, go and get this or whatever. Uh, I never got the impression that the hierarchy... Oh, no. of the thing was particularly collaborative. No, it, no, exactly that. Absolutely right, mate. I, and I thought, I mean, the other thing that I thought was interesting that came out of that, which is that, it, you know, this is not, this cannot just be a moneyball stats-driven approach, because apparently, you know, that that no longer works in in the states in baseball. No. It's been, you know, it's kind of had its time. What what she was saying really is that you have to use the moneyball approach and still chuck loads of money at it. And that's exactly what Bowley has proven to do at the Dodgers and yeah. is already doing with us. So it's, it's the, it, you know, ironically, it's still throwing loads of money at it that, it that gives you the competitive advantage. But you still have to have this stats-driven uh, approach underneath it and this collaborative plan of who you're going to buy, which I thought was fascinating. Um, talking of which, kind of, uh, I want to move this on to a point that JK kind of uh, raised brilliantly as he always does he's always ahead of the time I and mean, you know there's no point me doing a running order I'm just going to leave it blank knowing that he's going to fill it in um, but uh, you know it's kind of talking about Gallagher in a way and, and Mount to, to a degree um, from my I mean from what it looked like uh, on the pitch um, it looked like we were playing with three in the middle uh, with Fernandez as a six Norman Lee and Gallagher and Mount as eights that's certainly not what what uh the various uh you know people like flash score or whoever who had the lineups were saying they were all saying it was what i what i thought it would be which was this you know four four two three one again so fernandez and gallagher is the two presumably a double pivot zh mount in a as a 10 mudrich on the left and havertz up front but 
either way, you know, we've we've often said the future is, you know, perhaps four three three. Is that really where Potter wants to go? So it got me kind of thinking, because I've been a long proponent of having Gallagher and Mount both play in their best positions, which I think would be a number eight. Uh, and then you have a proper defensive midfielder, you know, holding that together, which we always presume will hopefully be Rice. But now we've got Fernandez. Now, from what I understand, we're still in for Rice, but we've got Fernandez. So what's going on? I mean, you know, are we going to use Mount and Gallagher as eights, or is one of them going to play on the double pivot? What is going on? I have no idea. What do you reckon, wasn't, JK? Wasn't Fernandez? I thought Fernandez played further forward. Yeah, he's us. a number eight, not a number yeah. six, but he was playing as a number six on, he played on Friday. As a number, and he played very well. Yeah, he yeah. super player. Super yeah, he, player. He clearly is. He's top top banana. Top banana. Yeah, but um, not not top banana. Onana, not top onana, by the way, <laughs> he's not top at all. Perhaps, oh, perhaps he's the type of player you say, "Can you play six? And he goes, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, and and does but, a good job though. Yeah, doesn't do doesn't do um, a bad job exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I, doesn't yeah. That's the yeah. uh, his versatility would work, but but the very fact that he played there and still laced through some really brilliant passes was yeah. was very um positive for his first game doesn't know anybody good you know good on him fantastic yeah fantastic. couldn't agree more but yeah. um um yeah ultimately he would have to play f- further forward and i think then becomes much more of an attacker as he yeah. sh- showed he's got a decent shot on him thank fuck for that god he almost scored with that curler you know i mean uh, yeah he's he's he, he, he he's worth the money you know he, yeah. he He's a he's a we keep saying it's about proper players. We said Abamyang was a proper striker. See, Abamyang's now linked with a a major league club in America. Bloody hell! Um, how the mighty have fallen. Poor poor bloke. Clearly bought entirely for Tuchel. But um, yeah. you know. But um, um, yeah. I, I I worry about Gallica. I worry because he's still trying too hard, and he still doesn't. I still don't feel he's getting the support or whether he needs it. I mean, in any, any other club would come in and pay 50 million for him and it would work wonderfully to balance the books, but I'm not that they're after that. They want the best players. I just want him to be in, you know, I, I think he has wonderful potential, but mainly because of his, his great effort and his ability to just to get stuck in and win the ball and move and, us forward. Jacob. And lay, lay, absolutely. And then lay it off, which is, you know, it, it, which has been noticed by other teams wanting mm. it. And obviously the fact that he was player of the year at Palace, I keep going on about this, but we're not seeing the best of him at the moment. Well, I, I wonder uh, if I want, I wonder if, sorry, Tony, I wonder if I, I've got a, I've got a, an issue with maybe what's going on. Uh, he, he He's playing like a bull in a China shop at the moment. Now that completely got booked again. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. good because he's showing fight. He's showing passion. Exactly. He's showing energy. He's running around. He's putting effort in, but he's yeah. a hothead. And I wonder what's going on here because I don't think. Um, I, I mean, if I'm if I'm Gallagher's manager, I'm saying, mate, you, you you know, look, I get that you care about this club. I get that you care passionately about how we play. I get that you really want to win. These are all laudable, fantastic qualities, but not at the expense of a cool head in pressure situations. Because you're a professional footballer, and we need you cool-headed. You know, thinking clearly under pressure is what elite sport is all about. And losing your shit, losing your, yeah, he did losing your shit, you know, because you get. I mean, I actually was a quick segue, J.K. Have you noticed how much Gallagher and Mount are being hacked and fouled nastily? Yes. 
I did. They're tar- They're being targeted by yeah, other yeah. teams. It's been happening all season. In 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 a similar way that we did. Do you remember the game against Manchester City a few years ago where I think they scored after thirty seconds, right? And we were just yeah. up or whatever. And then I think we targeted Sturridge all through that game until the point where he actually snapped and we got him red carded. Yeah. And I think that's that's going on there. I, I will defend Conor Gallagher because I think all it is, right, is. Uh, kind of the folly of youth. Yeah. He is hot-headed, but he's no more hot-headed than Dennis Wise or a young John Terry were. You know, players that want to get stuck in. And I think it's been that kind of attitude is something that we've been missing. Yeah. We've been no, I agree, Toby. Nice the pitch. But Potter should you have know, a word in his ear. But, po- but this is what a good manager should be doing. Yes. He should be having a word. I mean, maybe he is for all we know, but, you know, so- surely somebody needs to have a word with him. He's. I mean, we've we dress it up another way a lot during this season on this show saying he's yeah. trying too hard and that's another yeah. way of putting it but you know the yeah. coach needs to be talking to him yes I agree with that I think uh, you know it's his, it's his first full season at Chelsea um, we are different to Palace okay the expectation levels will be different or whatever what I saw on Friday night was Conor Gallagher uh, possibly more so than Mount all over the pitch tracking back you know, trying to get the ball, trying to make things happen. It doesn't always work. I'd rather have that. I'd rather have a try. And I'd rather have someone with a bit of, for want of a better phrase, a bit of spunk, you know, who, who's ready to have a go yeah. and, and dig in. I don't care if he gets yellow cards often and he's going to do a one-game ban because you get whatever. Because we've had players like that before and we've loved them. we fucking loved them. Dennis Wise, John Terry, we've had players that got bookings all the time. Because they were well, McAlady was hardly the cleanest of players, was he? Let's face it. Mikel, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't averse to a little fucking uh, taking mm-hmm. one for the team in order to spoil, uh, uh, you know, an attack from the other team. And, and and I like it, and I want to see more of that because I think on the rest of the pitch, we're a bunch of pussies at times. I really do think that. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, and and more more play. Oh, did you notice how much Fulham were getting in the referee's face? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, we used to do that. Well, I know. Go, oh, look at Chelsea always doing it. I, and I used to love it. I think you know. I, I've, I've, I have fond memories and dreams of Michael Ballack standing there, eyeballing a referee six inches above him because he was such a tall bugger or whatever, as if to say, "You want some?" You know. I think he was and, saying, "Do you not know who I am? I am Michael Ballack." <laughs> oh, I can't do a German accent. I need Jake. That's Kapitän dem Deutsche Mannschaft. <laughs> But you get my drift. I do, eh? so, I do. No, I'm mate, saying, I, not, mate, I'm I'm don't, I don't disagree. Not, I'm not saying that, G, uh, uh, that that Conor Gallagher doesn't deserve some constructive criticism. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking yeah. about, really. Yeah. But, mate, but I, I love think... him to pieces. I'm desperate for him to succeed. Yes, He's the kind of player that I've always loved yeah. and always will love. Yeah. And, and you know, he, you know, minimum requirement is you want to see players die for the shirt and you know he puts it all out there i'm just yeah. thinking he's a young car a young kid trying to make his way in a, in a, in a supposedly elite team i'm just i don't know if he is or not because we don't we're not there we don't know we're not no. graham potter we don't know what he's saying but i would hope that uh, the coach is is getting in his ear a bit and just saying mate rein it in a tad we yeah. love what you do you know you're the one of the only players on the team that's prepared to go out there and put it all out there i love yeah. that i want to see that what i don't want is for you to lose your cool and lose your discipline, yeah. either either by getting yellow carded or red carded, or more to the point, getting in a state where you're not being clinical enough. Because that's the other thing that happens when you lose your shit. You don't, yeah. you know, you're not as disciplined technically. And I think 
we see that a bit. But no, I mean, 150% behind him and his attitude. Um, I mean, Mount is, is, I think, has been a, you know, I go back to this trying too hard, JK, and I think, you know, when you when you lose a bit of form, I mean, you know, you, you played cricket but at a pretty decent level. Um, I sadly played neither football or cricket to any sort of level. But you, what I do know about sport is that when you lose what you have been doing really well, you fight and struggle harder to try and recapture it. And actually what happens is it goes even more tits up, which leaves you even more befuddled. And I wonder if that's happened with Mount as well this season. He's trying too hard because he can't believe how he's playing either. No. I wonder whether right. he's also been affected by the fact that Reese hasn't been playing because Reese, yeah, um, Reese and he formed such a fantastic partnership, and even even allowed um, uh, Dave to actually be competent. Um, uh, well, less less in um, incompetence, the wrong word, you know, because we know he's he's, he's error prone, maybe or he's become error prone. Yeah, um, but it, it's and even in the, the moment in the Fulham away game because because Felix was playing so excellently. Uh, they all went up a little bit and suddenly he started playing more of these triangles. And I thought, yeah, he's got a bit more confident. I just wonder whether he thinks I, I'm not managing to perhaps it's, it's not confidence. It's just, he's got a bit depressed in his own ability because he's not, he's not doing it in the same way. He's not, I suppose it is confidence. He's not, he's not up at the same level he was. So when you suddenly get somebody who is um, uh, very skilled and is creating situations, it, it, it when you're playing with people who are better than you or as good as you 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 try and emulate their level you get into you get into a kind of rhythm with them and i was beginning to see that again and he played about four four or five little triangular things in the corner with felix and uh um um and who was the other right back i mean I was, it wasn't cookerelli he hadn't come on i can't remember who was playing right and with with chalabar was there it looked quite decent as well they all came up a level and uh, it may be that he's been just He's been missing the better players, and it may be something that he's not. Rather, he's been trying too hard, hasn't been coming off, and uh, and you wonder whether the he pays any attention to the appalling abuse on social media. What what the fuck is that about? Oh, I don't. I just don't understand that. No, I don't you, either. You try and you know he's played well. You encourage him. You try and if he if he's going through a rut of bad form, don't bring them down even further. We, the thing is, with the yardstick is, we've seen him be excellent. We've seen him be marvellous. So, um, it, you know, the fact that he's not getting up to that level, well, let's hope he does. But, you know, if he doesn't and it fades away, well, then he'll get transferred. Liverpool would be in for him in a flash, let it, me tell you. It's all, about, other... it's all about penis envy, Jonathan. <laughs> Ultimately, well, the way we've been talking at the very beginning of the show, it's all about cocks and fannies. Well, absolutely. Oh, no, it, it is. I'm. I'm not no, joking. I'm not joking. Off. I'm not joking. It's all about envy. Yeah. Freud would have yeah. labelled it as penis envy because that was Freud. But yeah, you know, there's an envy about English players doing well because it reinforces in the mind of the people who are throwing the brickbats that this is an English club and they don't yeah. want it to be an English club because it makes their it makes them insecure in their support of it because they're not from England. Yeah. Um, it, you know, he's a good footballer, living the dream, you know, earning lots of money, which reinforces again their own security that they're not. Uh, it makes them, you know, they're, 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 they get their kind of football knowledge from playing FIFA and these players yeah. don't do what people do in FIFA and it just makes right. them angry. I mean, I could go on and I could write an essay yeah. about this, but the it's whole, basically penis envy. All right. Yes. The whole team, the whole team is not playing well. OK. 
it's not just one or two players. The whole thing isn't gelled. It isn't there. It's it's the it's the McLaren that's still stuck in the pit lane when everyone else is whizzing around because the mechanics are trying to get every nut and bolt into the right position. And I just think the the, the, the whole social media thing on Mount is is utterly utterly it's dismal. But it's not coming from I would call proper Chelsea fans isn't the right phrase I would use here. It's different Chelsea fans um, with a different agenda. It's not um, exclusively foreign. That's no, absolutely it for it sure. No, it isn't, but yeah. I would say that it, it's, it, it's the majority. It may only be 52-48, you know, that golden ratio that took us out of Europe, but it's <laughs> geared towards that. Um, and I think I, I think it's, it, it's almost a, a campaign on some people's parts because they're sitting there, you know, I'm not, not having a dig digging anybody out, um, but in in in, um, in mix of the tonight, you know, someone said, you know, Mount doesn't track back. That's and bullshit. They, someone's come straight back at them and said, bullshit. what fucking game are you watching? Yeah. Runs all over the pitch. And he, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's aware of that. Maybe he's, I think it comes down to the same thing you said about Conor Gallagher. He's trying too hard. He's trying to overcompensate and it's affecting his normal game because the team isn't playing well. And I do honestly believe that when we get Chilwell, when we get Reese back, when we get our first choice, some of those first choice players back, and Enzo beds in and Mudrick beds in and Felix is a regular star and we start scoring, I think then Mount will, will up his game. It, uh, I'm, I used to play golf, right? Uh, and actually it, well, it applies to, I know I've mentioned walking football a lot tonight, but if I'm playing walking football or when I was playing golf against better players or with better players, it lifted my game because I didn't want to look like a prick, right? So it's, it, it's almost a subconscious extra 10% that you find you've got. Um, and I wonder if that's what would happen with Mount. You know, let's face it, in, in terms of where he where he was to where he is, it's it's a dip, but you know, like, I... I, I, I I don't get, I'm like JK and like you, I don't get the hate campaign that appears to be being run against him. It's, it's not... Well, know, it's it's an indictment of social media, mate, isn't it? Let's it, face is, it. it is. None of these people would have had any oxygen whatsoever before the invention no. of... So Nobody would no. have heard their stupidity, their no. incessant nonsense, their psychological yeah. disorders being laid out for all to see. Yeah. Nobody would have ever been aware of it. Social media is ultimately to blame for allowing people to vent their stupid fucking narcissistically driven opinions onto an unsuspecting world. Without all, the, all of that, yeah, nobody would know about it. But I do, I mean, I've heard that Mason's been blocking people on Twitter. Well, about yeah. bloody time, mate. You yeah. he, Do yourself a favour and do one of two things, and I apply this to all footballers. Get the fuck off social media yeah. and have nothing to do with it because your yeah, mental health is. will be better as a result, or... Yeah. If you desperately need it because you think it's part of the whole PR game, employ a PR to do it and never fucking look at it either. Exactly that. <laughs> yes. I, I wish I could do the same. I, I, I'll do it for I, you. I'll, I'll do it for you. Play me, pay me a few thousand quid a day and I'll do it. <laughs> but I agree with you. I, I, I'm totally with you on that. And I think it's because it's become part of the whole image thing and, and players are expected to do it. And we all know there's nothing as patronising after you've had your ass kicked by... Uh, a team shittier than you when one of our players comes out and says, we've got to do better next time. You know, it was the time they, when they interview it, I used to sit there in front of them when they were oh, being interviewed thinking, well, why didn't you do it in that fucking game? 
But that's yeah, and that's... it's the same when they do it on social media. I'm like, oh, go and patronise someone else, you know. How about but, fuck off? That's yes. the that's the <laughs> that's also the manager's mantra. This is why yes. it, why that I find him so irritating. Is he? Yes. he He's got to stop this. He really has. We've got to try harder. We just train harder. We move on. Um, we've got to be positive. This is positive. I see positive. Please, please, please come up with some individual thoughts. This is just so... Um, it's media training, I think. Completely, I think. completely. Yeah, I, I've been saying this for weeks, you know. You I know, know, and I think... I, I, I watched... Uh, I can't remember what... It was one of the EFL programmes or whatever the other week. Uh, and it, I think it was Mick McCarthy's first game in charge. I can't remember where he's gone now or whatever, but it was brilliant to watch a man yes. almost single-handed, he just refuses to play the media game. Yes, And he said at one point, he said, you know, well, we let a goal in and this, and there's a bit of a weakness on our, on a, from a set piece, he said, but I'll sort it. And it was kind of menacing, and I just, <laughs> I, I kind of missed that thing, you know, Sean Dyche is another one, yeah. you know, that they might have given very him good. Training, I agree. but he's not taking any notice of it whatsoever. So McCarthy may not be a great manager, but he was always terrific in those uh, in those yeah. situations. He was. He was. Yeah. Listen, boys, we better wrap up. But but very quickly before we do, there's something that I forgot to ask earlier on, which was a bit remiss of me. Um, I wondered about Reese when he when he played. He played 60 minutes. I thought he looked a bit rusty. Okay, it could have been a part of the general confusion of, about lots of new players and stuff. But I thought he looked a bit rusty or was a bit kind of holding back a bit because he might have been worried about getting injured again. I thought maybe something psychological was going on there. Um, I mean, it was good to see him back. I mean, God, was it good to see him back. But I did notice that, JK. You were nodding when I was when he played, that. He played the ball sideways an enormous amount. Yeah. I, I can always tell when he does in particular because the man behind me is obsessed with the ball being played backwards. He just says, oh, what's going up backwards? Stop it! Stop yeah. backwards! Stop the forward! Well, on occasions, you just I, think I, I right, the, only, the only pass on was was back when it's somebody yeah. got two players on you you're not going to try and struggle through and lose it but it's the it's the moments when you think surely there's a forward pass this is what was so encouraging about fernandez was his uh, his ability to spot a pass through and also the the wonder of silver who was great by the way as always w wonderful um his ability to uh to play another 30 to 40 yard pass and uh, there's just to say highlight a moment there's a wonderful silver moment in the game where it was early on in the first half in fact where um, he managed to get to the ball at, on the volley and volley, tow it to a Chelsea player despite being pushed backwards by the yeah. Fulham, Fulham yeah. striker. Yeah. It was a completely yeah. wonderful silver moment. You just thought, what a, what class this player is. But um, uh, what were we saying? What were we talking about, which I've gone off? Well, Reese James really just looking yeah, at James, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I, I agree. But uh, I, I thought he was slightly pissed off. He, he was blowing out of his ass. He was as well. He was because he hasn't had a match. Him no match, but yeah, but he, yeah, absolutely. He, he wasn't as confident. But I well, almost was, yeah, he's got such a presence though, Tony. Don't you agree? He he's got such a presence, regardless a, of that. He had a battle royal with that uh, who I thought was the best player on Fulham's team would be Robinson, number thirty. Robinson was good. So so's Pereira. Yeah, Pereira's very good for them. Yeah. In, and I, I thought that Robinson was outstanding. I mean, he, yeah. he just. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, Gabri's American, I think, but yes, um, my son-in-law really rates him. My son-in-law being a Fulham fan, um, but yes, uh, uh, Reese James did look like that. But you know, he's, it, it's the way that's. I mean, for Christ's sake, did you see that big banner? One of yeah, they were banners, brilliant, you know, weren't they? You know, 
I mean, he must look up at that and think, "Cost me first game back," and yeah, you know, that's true. That's absolutely and, true. And, and a tough game, yeah. but I think he's, he, you know, it, it, it again maybe he was just trying too hard and things weren't coming off, so he did look a bit pissed off. I've got nothing against players looking pissed off. Tony Rudiger spent most of his career at Hasselbank and, and, and Hasselbank, yeah. and I quite like that. You know, kind of being you, as pissed off as the fans. If they'd been managed by Ranieri, you'd understand. Yeah, me. well, they would. Um, just, I thought that that those respanners were brilliant, by the way. Um, but they look, were. built built different. Paul Crowder said something hilarious on Discord. He said, yeah. "Reese James's banner built different." Yeah, I think he was built by British Leyland because he keeps he keeps breaking. Yeah, <laughs> Which uh, I, I was, was going to say this on the on, on the point that, that joke JK from the seventies like that. Yeah, I'm with your mate about the backward pass. I detest, mm. I absolutely detest this goal kicks to players in the box and then build up. It's fantastic if you've got a, 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 the players that can do that. And I think Silver is a great defender, but he absolutely adds nothing because all he does is pass to Cucurella back to him. Da, 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 da. And it just drives me mad. And sometimes I'm thinking, uh, I want to go back to that Peter Kay advert. I want someone to oof have it. Fucking stick it up the yeah. park. And I'll tell you what else I miss. And this is why this has gone out. Two things that have gone out of fashion. Number one, the, do you remember the days when Eden Hazard used to stand in the centre circle when we were defending a corner? Yeah. Right. So you knew the other team had to have two players on them. Absolutely shit scared because if they knew there was an out ball and Hazard got it, they were toast. And the second one, and this came from last week's Wrexham versus Sheffield United game. I miss the long throw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Poser, I think yeah. his name was, yeah. was magnificent. Yeah, Ian was, Hutchinson, to this day. Yeah. Like, well, Brentford do it, it Brentford do it. Brentford play it, with it. it it's, yeah. it's as good as a corner or a cross. It's a weapon. Can Why I, is yeah. it? Modern coaches don't seem to want to think, can you throw a ball long? I yeah. agree completely. But, that's, but also, the, the, once again, our set pieces were terrible. Yeah. What on it's earth cool. is going on the training ground? I mean, poor old Connor. Is there such a thing as Stop Connor. talking at the same time, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he hit the ball, hit the, he hit the first man, Connor. On two occasions, he took the corner. Then he gave up because yes. he'd done it twice. But what are they doing? Oh. But, also, but JK, we, you and I, I mean, if we'd have been doing the fan cast 20 years ago, not 15 <laughs> years ago, we would have said the same thing. The last two players that are able to take a corner for Chelsea were well actually maybe you know, one matter sneaks in but Robin, Graham Lasso Graham Lasso and Frank Ozola yeah and, and Robin 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 took very good he corner he did actually that we were reminded of that weren't we when we watched back the season the other day yeah. and we both said that fucking hell they were good at corners then I'd forgotten in my mind it's always Lasso and uh, and, yeah. and Franco but there you go yeah. Anyway, uh, on that bombshell, it's uh, time for us to toddle off. Uh, that's all we've got time for tonight. Uh, JK and I will be back on Friday for the preview show, uh, looking ahead to Saturday's match against West Ham. Uh, obviously, uh, we need a, need somebody else. I haven't got anybody yet. What, JK? We might be in on Thursday doing in off the post. Well, I was going to get to that, but thank you for reminding me because I might have forgotten. So well done. Yes, indeed. A uh, quick shout out for Patreon. First of all, Thank you, thank you, thank you. We had a spate of new Patreons in the last couple of weeks. Absolutely brilliant of you. Many of whom have written in, uh, actually, emails, which who were expecting them to get read out tonight, but I'll explain why in a minute. But uh, lovely. It's really sweet of you. Really appreciate it. If you want to become a Patreon, uh, donate a little bit of money every month to the show. Uh, the address is patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. So there you go. If you do, 
Um, you are entitled to a Carrie Dixon banner, and of course you get an entry into our Discord group, which is great fun. It's a bit like Mixler, but 24-7. A lot of the same people that are in Mixler in the Discord group. Great fun. Lovely people. Lots of good chat, and moderately respectful on occasion, which is better than Twitter, that's for sure. Now, um, you mentioned, JK mentioned uh, that we might be doing an extra show this week on Thursday, uh, I think, because that's the only evening I'm free, but... uh, yeah, we've had so many emails from you this week, and they're all absolutely stonking, so they deserve to be heard. So it would have just meant I wouldn't have got to bed until late, and I've got a big day tomorrow, I've got to get up early. So uh, hopefully Thursday we'll, we'll do another edition of In Off The Post and read all of those emails out. So uh, if you want, uh, next week, if you want your email read out, then you know what to do, chelseafancast at gmail.com, or equally just shove something on Patreon or Instagram or tweet, tweet or something or Facebook, you know. Any any methodology you have, but uh, email is preferable. So ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com. And you can follow us uh, all over social media at ChelseaFanCast. Jonathan is at Jonathan Kidd. Tony is Grocer Jack UK. And I am, of course, at Stamford Chidge. Tony, great to see you, mate. Fantastic. Do you still um, publish the old, you know, articles, etc., on the FanCast website? I haven't looked at Oh, mate, I never do. I'm rubbish. Um, but oh, okay. you, you're more than welcome to to use it as a vehicle. I've just like got to. a feeling. I was, oh, now I'm retired. I've got this bug to write. Stuff well, write, stick it up there, mate. Write, used to write stuff for the old Chelsea blog where yeah. course, I teamed up with Donal and, and Johnny Dyer and and what have you. And it was good fun because we, you know, we used to just write match reviews, but we put our own stuff. And I'm kind of getting the itch to do something similar again, and and, and what have you. And also, uh, I want to. I just want to apologise to you and J.K. And the people in mix because I have sounded like an old codger tonight. Long throws, don't do. Oh, no. Yeah, but you are Tony. Well, I am, but you know, I just, <laughs> I, I, I sometimes look at modern football and think, oh fuck off, just, yeah. just fucking, just shoot, right? You see yeah. the goalkeeper, shoot, you know. So oh, yeah, there you go. Sorry, so I just want to hear like, long no, throws. Don't worry is, about it. Brentford use long throws yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that. And they've been immensely successful at the moment. They want a you know up and coming side. Yeah. There you yeah. go. All, all the, you know all the things that go out of fashion come back into fashion. Right, Tony. Great to see you, mate. As always, uh, J.K. Brilliant to be on. Thank you, J.K. Lovely to see you as always. Uh, we will uh, get our agents talking together about our Thursday show after this show. <laughs> uh, but there you go. Right. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Particularly people in Mixler. See you. Friday slash Thursday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Help the chills you, blue boy, get that ball up there. This has been the most sexually charged show I've ever been. <laughs>